You've eaten Gotham's wealth, its spirit, but your feast is nearly over. This is not my hole. It's an operating table. And I'm the surgeon. Why aren't you laughing? From this moment on, none of you are safe. Welcome to the Batman Book Club, a podcast exploring the Dark Knight Library. I am your host, Ryan Lauer. The Batman Book Club is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. Just go to batmanpodcastnetwork.com for a whole list of other bat-related shows and some other subjects that we love to frolic about in our free time. Thank you for tuning in to episode number 48, Batman Curse of the White Knight, making his return to the show, his third appearance on the Batman Book Club. That's right, I have guilted him in and I am sending a check his way from the World's Finest True Believers podcast. It's my friend, Chris Valga. Chris, welcome back. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. I'm going for the hat trick. Yeah. <laughs> the old hat trick. Um, this is your third time on the show. Yes. Many, many moons ago, you dropped what your favorite Batman story is. Uh, what have you been reading Batman lately? Batman lately? Uh, future state, basically. Mm-hmm. I think that's mostly what uh, bat titles I've been I've, I've been delving into. I definitely out of the out of the all the Batman titles, I would say probably Dark Detective was my favorite of the run. Yes, absolutely. Did you dig, in, dig into? And this isn't restricted just to yeah. like Gotham, but like all over Future State. Yes, yes, I have read all of Future State. All of it. Well done, sir. <laughs> what are well, well after the show, we're doing a Patreon for our our network uh, with some of our our, our mutual friends. Uh, that we both have that are on the network uh, uh-huh. looking at month two. We did a month one uh, looking at how future state was. So now this is the month two and where, where our thoughts are in it and on infinite frontier. Ooh, fantastic. Well, that sounds very exciting. Yeah. Uh, as we covered with um, my friends on straight out of Gotham, we, we kept it thinking of Gotham related stories and yeah, dark mm-hmm. detective was unanimous in our favorites. And I haven't come across anybody who, I, I think didn't like it <laughs> like oh yeah it was just oh it was so good and yeah I dipped into a few others um like we talked Nightwing Robin mm-hmm. Eternal Harley Quinn and uh Catwoman and we we all really liked those but also the uh the Wonder Woman stuff I think was just uh, it was stellar if, if you haven't read House of L read it read that one I have not yet Re- House of L is by far it's a one shot it's all you need and it blew us away okay it it by far wins i had my number one this took it by this didn't even come close oh man okay house house of l i did not see that coming okay (laughs) well maybe by the time (laughs) that i drop this episode i will have read it and then i'll be like i'll re-listen and i'll be like yes chris oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) so you return to the show today to talk uh batman curse of the white knight written and illustrated by Sean Murphy, who also was the man behind our last episode, White Knight, with uh, Eric Carter. The Curse of the White Knight was released in eight single issues from July of 2019 until March 2020, also with a one-shot comic released in about in the middle, in November of 2019, of uh, Von Fries. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been since released in a collected hardcover. You can buy each issue digitally. However, it is not available on DCUI. DC Universe Infinite. So, Chris, for this episode, which version did you grab for yourself? I am holding in my hands my hardcover collection that I was patiently, patiently, patiently waiting for finally when they finally got them all together. I said, okay, we've got all eight. (laughs) Even though I'm going to probably double dip when they release the deluxe edition. But, um, yeah, I'm a a Sean Murphy stan. I I love his storytelling. I love his art. I backed his Kickstarter plot holes that I can't wait for him to... uh, put into production this year um yeah he he can uh he blew me away with pretty much everything he's ever done yeah i'm i'm with you uh i think i've mentioned a few times on this this show before uh his punk rock jesus is um i mean that's just a 
it's a good like a really really oh. good story <laughs> like, oh yeah it's it's it, it subversive uh, subversive as hell but mm-hmm. you know and i meant to say his indiegogo he didn't do kickstarter indiegogo okay. uh with plot holes but yeah no he he doesn't pull any punches uh with what he stands for and it's kind of sometimes gotten him into a little bit uh, a little bit of trouble with what he posted he's not as much on social media as much anymore uh because of it but you know he's he's very much he he has a deep love for all the characters he does. And I think his true heart, he loves his universities created with Batman, but I, I, I feel his true heart is with his creator owned stuff. He, I think he really shines in that work. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that for sure. And, and I think that was definitely the impression I got with his punk rock Jesus, because he kind of had, you know, there, when you're dealing with such popular characters as, you know, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman and such, you're, you're restricted a little more on what you can do. And I think just, I keep saying Punk Rock Jesus, but Punk Rock Jesus just showed, yeah, free reign, do whatever you want. And so, of course, those are some big, some big shots. He took some mm-hmm. big swings with that story, which is very relatable to what we're going to talk about in Curse of the White Knight, because he also takes some big swings in this that I can't oh, wait yeah. till, we, till we get to. But what was it about Curse of the White Knight that that was the book that you chose? Yeah, I mean, I, I loved White Knight. I uh-huh. absolutely loved White Knight, but everything I was hearing about Curse of the White Knight, the, the where they were going with that, I said, this might actually rival White Knight. Ooh. Just what, what, what it is. And I, it may be a hot take. I love White Knight. I love it. But I think this beats out White Knight. That is a hot take (laughs) maybe not not, because actually that's it's very um i can totally understand somebody why they would like this this more than white knight um i prefer see i don't even like seeing that which one is do i like more white knight just barely Mm -hmm. and we'll get to what maybe the reason is on why that still takes the still takes the cake and and you know it's just i think I love, I, I think what beats it out being a, a former history, current former history teacher and I love delving in, I love lore. Uh-huh. And I think that's what this adds a different lore to what's been going on. Then, you know, White Knight blew me out of the water with what they did with the characters and, and changed some dynamics and things like that. That was really cool. This takes it to a whole different level and brings something new to the game. Yeah, absolutely. And some, and sometimes it's very... Oh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, <laughs> excuse my elementary language, ballsy. <laughs> no, that's fine. To, to dip into lore, you know, because <laughs> it, it may not work and it's it's a little, uh, but I think such a um, positive in, first of all, that Murphy did White Knight and it did Gangbusters mm-hmm. for sales. Of course, there's going to be a little bit more freedom given to him to do with these characters, especially when it's in its own universe, they've slapped DC slapped that black label on it to where, well, when it's, if it's your own world, your own universe, mm-hmm. you can kind of make up whatever you want with it. And so it definitely pays off uh, here that he, like the, the gloves are off. He can, there's no restrictions and just kind of like go for it. Oh yeah. And, and the fact that he, he gets, like you said, he gets a little more freedom with it, but he takes, you know, like he, like we say, he takes familiar characters. And how much I love this series, White Knight and Curse of White Knight, mm-hmm. I own all the McFarlane versions of this. And I never thought I'd say it. Azrael, both figures, how it's portrayed in here. I never thought I'd say I love Azrael. I love what Azrael looks like in this. It doesn't, it brings a whole new respect for that character, in my opinion. So I think that's a great point for us to start on is Azrael. And to comment on the McFarlane figures, I have held off on the Azrael Batman figure, but I don't think I can help myself. And in reading it this time, (laughs) rereading it this time, which again, did it digitally through Hoopla, my savior, because I was not able Mm -hmm. to go get my hardcover in time. Um, The man, just the suit and the figure just looks awesome. It's um, so good. It's just so, it's, uh, it's, that, it, 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 it's just that it's that it's that gift. It's like oh, so good. Yeah, and it it applies. I've tried to stick to just getting Batman figures, and only mm-hmm. not every single Batman figure, but just ones that I really like. And it's like, well, this is technically a Batman suit, so it works. It counts. Mm-hmm. So next time I see it, I think it's it will be mine. But to start off with Azrael, this sequel picks up 
um, pretty much right after or closely after the end of White Knight. And we learned through Sean Murphy because, as you'd mentioned, he was more he had a Twitter account uh, when this series kicked off. And he was he's a great follow. And now he's on Instagram. He was then, too, but he's dropped his Twitter account. He just has Mm -hmm. Instagram. But he loves to really show off behind the scenes work. The process of like this is you know teasing of like this is what's to come here's you know some art i'm working on and such like that and he i remember when he'd announced that like Azrael is coming in the sequel and i'm like dude i love everything you did with white knight <laughs> but i, I know it don't like Azrael. i'm not an Azrael fan and i think that's what i said you know what i'm gonna give you a chance yeah you were somehow like again like you can play as much as you want. Like he made, you know, again, he was able to kind of make people think that maybe Batman is kind of the villain of the story. And, and another reason I love this just a little bit more than white Knight is Bruce is very introspective in this. He is starting to have some questioning and doubts and wondering, is he doing the right thing? What should he be doing? He's already, he's lost Alfred. He's starting to lose his grip on some of his allies mm-hmm. and everything's being torn apart around him. Yeah. And I think that that's what he does really well is brings about that questioning of Batman's actions and Batman's motivations and what, what he's doing because we root for Batman because we just love Batman. We can sit there and say like, Oh my God, he looks awesome. He's badass. He takes down criminals who are doing bad things. Of course he's a hero. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, yes, but take a step back. Just think about this. And there are valid questions that can be asked. And I think Murphy asks those questions and he uses Azrael in such a great way. Uh, we'll get to the, almost like a major the major plot twist but he uses them in a way that really just helps go like face to face you know up against against batman and questioning him Mm -hmm. and his in the actions that he does um i never really liked Azrael because i mean he was introduced to me in nightfall where he was you know he went uh crazy as batman and his suit was all like very mechanical i just didn't yep. i just didn't like it at all and i didn't like the order of saint dumas i i just wasn't a fan of any of that so therefore i was like why do i want to follow this guy in other comics when i don't like him and yeah. i've just never been about that you know and, and i think I, I agree with you, you know i i i think the suit is fascinating how mm-hmm. you know just like the whole idea of it but i think the character of jean paul bally it got better post, and I say better in quotes. I think he was a better character post Nightfall after he kind of got put on his own and started doing his own thing. Yeah, it wasn't perfect, but be- better in the sense of where it was. But I think the character, us being fans of Batman and how quickly he was introduced and then became in Nightfall and then took over for that. For us fans, we were like, that's not how this is supposed to work. Yeah, that's not it- how it was ever supposed to work. And I think that's where a lot of our hatred and, and dis, displeasure of, uh, of Jean-Paul Valley and Azrael come from, at least that's where it comes from for me. But I sense talking with other fans, it's just like, it was too quick, too fast. And it wasn't, and that's not the way it's supposed to be. I'm with you. But, but to Preaching the point of, the but to the point of, but to that point of it, that was the point of the character. That was the character's arc. We're supposed to hate him. We're not supposed to like him. We're not supposed to uh, like root for him per se. Like some people would, I don't know. There's some very devoted, you know, Jean-Paul Valley, there's not many, but they, they, they have a perspective on it. But that's my counter to them. It's like, we're not supposed to like him in Nightfall. Yeah, and I know that, that can always be the pushback too. Of like, I don't like him because I didn't like him in Nightfall. And it's like, but you're not supposed to like him. And it's like, yes, but there's also in entertainment, liking not liking something. Yes. You know, like, mm-hmm. yep. I'm not supposed to like Heath Ledger's Joker in The Dark Knight, but I like him. Yes. I like not liking him, you know? And that's kind of what I always go to of, if, if done well, like, no, I, I don't want to follow a murderer and root on a murderer or anything like that in the comic. But it's <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. but the comic, like what, the, what they're bringing to the story, like I'm, I'm liking this dramatic tale that's being, that's being told here. And mm-hmm. Azrael just didn't work for me. But recently I read Batman Contagion and yeah. that's kind of been an exposure outside of, you know, the Nightfall story with Azrael where he was involved and I did not, I didn't mind him. Mm-hmm. Uh, granted, it wasn't just the Azrael show. It was him, you know, uh, working with Batman, working with Robin, working with Catwoman and such. And in the dynamics there, it helped a little bit. 
but here in curse the white knight he's the villain we uh, Mm -hmm. he's introduced as like basically he's he's got an expiration date he has cancer it's ending and then he gets manipulated by the joker Mm -hmm. okay that'll work for me sure but then the story goes even more where it is just like a uh, just a rough assault on bruce wayne yeah like I mean, over Terry, and over and over. And it's like, holy shit, Sean Murphy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it's just, it's not just dealing with post-White Knight and the effects of what Napier, you know, at, you know, Jack Napier had done trying to do and then the turn back into the Joker and all the effects of that dealing with this, you know, Batman fund or disaster fund and, you know, and basically poking all every single hole saying, you, you think you revealing yourself to Gordon was going to solve your problems with this, it's going to get a lot worse. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd say he's sticking to the medium of comic books. Uh, he is a, this version of Azrael in this story is a much more methodical uh, mm-hmm. Bane yes. and destructive Bane. Cause Bane is known for his event of, he wore Batman down and then came in and broke his back. And to me that like, it's like, okay, yes, that works. But if Bane wants to prove his strength, he wouldn't need to wear Batman down. He'd want to take him on at his best and, 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 uh, yep. and you know, break him, break him there. Uh, Azrael here, um, I'm going to go through these big swings that we'd mentioned yep. with Sean Murphy. And first of all, like, he blows up Wayne Manor in the Batcave, infiltrates it uh, using Mad Hatter. So there's some connective tissue to the White Knight. Um, blows up Wayne Manor and the Batcave. Azrael kills Jim Gordon. Uh, mm-hmm. Azrael snaps Barbara's back. Just barely, uh, apparently. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Because <laughs> I thought that was it for the like. Oh, she's she's done. And then like an issue later, she's walking, which good. Yep. It's not like I want Barbara to be handicapped, but it's like okay, yeah, uh, not all the way. That's that's okay. Um, he kills the rogues gallery in spectacular fashion. <laughs> in in almost the most heartbreaking. Uh, panel in that is that he kills baby doll yes which all of us would probably uh at the idea we'd be like yeah but then we see it, it's like no no <laughs> not look right it does not okay yeah that, that, yeah i think the sensors if there's wherever done uh would have a li- we might want to cut that <laughs> yeah oh man and then i want to save the the tie to the historical aspect to to well, get to that and just well, a little like bit. splitting two face in half yeah um and then basically when, you know, right before that, you know, decapitating Bane. Oh, oh worst of all, he, he uh, lit Ruth on fire. Yeah. <laughs> this character that, I mean, we, we got like five pages of, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's sure. But I mean, just that bullet point of sounding off of the things that, first of all, that Murphy, the big swings that he's taking for this story. And then second, like Azrael's the one who's behind all of them. It's like, damn, this this is an escalating story with each issue, which I was reading it definitely every issue as it was coming out. Were you doing the same? No, like I said, no. I'm a tra- I, 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 I've grown to be enjoy trade waiting, even though, yes, I, I, I keep up with how the stories are going. Okay. But it doesn't ruin it for me knowing it because I need to experience like all the little things in between. So yeah. it, it's just I need to be in the know for my job in my podcasting world. Mm-hmm. But – I I look forward to kind of experiencing it, even though I know certain beats are coming. It doesn't ruin it for me. So I'm weird like that. I don't go out looking for spoilers, but if it's something I'm interested in, I know my my listeners are going to be interested in, then I need to be at least aware. In this day and age, if we're in the nerd realm like, and we're not watching or reading something right away, we don't have to look for it. It gets thrown in our face. It's yes. the, now, the now, risk now, of the job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and I have comiXology at my fingertips. So if I really felt like I, I had to read it, trust me, yeah. there were times, there were very <laughs> much times where I was tempted to pull that trigger. I said, nope, we're okay. We can do this. <laughs> yeah. And well, you had the, the benefit then of you ended that second issue or a third issue. Are you... <laughs> Every single freaking issue that ended on like, a, oh my gosh, you could just like turn the page and be like, okay, going to continue reading. Yes. It was a little bit of torture going from month to month reading that thing and be like, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, oh my gosh. I know this is just its own. It's almost Elseworlds-ish, 
but still, oh my gosh, like it's just kind of relentless, but not oh, in yeah. any uh, exploitive way, exploitative. Pick, it, your, it, pick your word, one of the. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> and, and again, it, it it's definitely. I think it's a little more action packed than White Knight. Not saying White Knight didn't have, I think, but mm-hmm. this one was like there was action beats every single time. And I think Sean Murphy does a very good job. I think he's also a very good writer. He's a different writer. I think in certain genres, he, he excels at writing in other genres. I think he goes a little bit, as I say, sometimes he goes a little too Morrison. He'll go a little bit too Murphy and it's just like, he'll jump the shark in his writing a little bit. And that's, and, and that's just who he is Mm -hmm. and, and it works for him. But in other areas, I think like in certain characters, I and he's I can't think of one off the top of my head where he's just like oh he's completely he did that and it was completely wrong he's never gone that far but I I think about characters like yeah I don't think he'd be the right voice for that character gotcha like like for instance up my head Superman I can't see him doing Superman I agree I agree with you there yeah he he works in a I don't want to say grungy I don't know if that's the right one but it's almost like Superman is too good you know, like he's unless you read injustice, <laughs> unless you read injustice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Sean Murphy, take your take your swing at injustice. Um, can you imagine him taking a big swing in the injustice world? Like, what does that even mean? <laughs> well, I mean, it's it, it kind of equates to you know Brian Azzarello when he did for tomorrow. Yeah, Brian Azzarello is an amazing writer. He was a wrong choice for Superman. Yeah, <laughs> at least that version of Superman. I was like. Now nah, you stick with the dark end, hundred bullets, and you're good. Yeah. So there you go, Murphy. Taking characters with a little bit of an edge seems very yep. much uh, more his his style. But to compliment or to add on to like the the writing aspect is he continues um, his same style that he did in White Knight, and I think he mentioned that he's not one for uh, his style. If he's writing a story, he doesn't do the interior monologue. It's like the, you know, the dialogue person mm-hmm. talking to another. That's what he does. And he doesn't do like very much, hey, th- this one is a flashback in 1775. He just wants to keep it moving. And I think yep. that works so well in this book, that especially with, with Curse of the action beats, how you'd said there's more and more action. He just h- hits the ground running and it is just like boom, 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 boom. And it doesn't necessarily give you time to catch your breath. But in no way does that mean like I'm burnt out on this. Jeez, give us a break. And there's, I don't know how he mastered that so well when, you know, this is, I mean, it's not like he's got this long Scott Snyder list of, of uh, comics that he's written himself, you know, mm-hmm. it's a short and, list for writing. Yeah. And it's very good. Like another one of my favorites of his, um, e- even though he's not the one who's doing it totally, um, Tokyo Ghost with Rick mm-hmm. Remender, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that was an absolutely amazing duo of a pairing. Mm-hmm. Um, but but even like there are moments like we say there's tons of stuff action. The moments that you have a pause, it's a necessary pause. It's a necessary yeah. building the narrative and building on the effects of what just happened or a reflection. And like you said, it's not internal, but it's you can sense the dialogue between the character, their reflection. But it's not you don't get a whole issue like that. And I think in White Knight, you did have almost whole issues like that. A lot of building plot. Agreed. And the and that's just so crazy that he goes from hitting those those massive moments and then a page or two later later he's hitting the really small moments too. It's like those are two extremes and you're hitting both of them in stride. And it's just like <laughs> Bravo. <laughs> yep. Well done, sir. Like it's good for him. Good, good job, Sean. So, Azrael. Okay, so this is by far my favorite version of Azrael that I'll probably mm-hmm. ever get because I don't know that I'm still going to seek out stories with Azrael. Uh, a major part of this story is his tie to history. Mm-hmm. And you even said at the beginning you like lore. And so that would like that's all that you really would need to tell me and then i'm like well that totally explains why you like this one more than the last one <laughs> yeah and, and we say like i don't hate white knight it's just like this edges it out just a little bit mm-hmm. yeah and i get that too and that's even what something that murphy was striving for he'd said the 
the first story, White Knight, was a he was approaching it as a political thriller. This one was like a his, history, historical action thriller. Uh, also hit that on all notes. But to and, me, and, I, and he's already talked about what the next one's going to be. Yeah. So, and I'm all for that because I, I like Batman Beyond more than I like Azrael. Yeah. But I'm not like one that totally loves Batman Beyond either. But mm-hmm. yet again, Sean Murphy, take me there. Like, <laughs> take my money, you fool. Yep, take it. You've already got it. Uh, I'm very excited to see what he does with that. As well as how he said, this is off topic, but related. Did you dive into the Harley Quinn spinoff series? I have read a few issues. Um, okay. I, I've enjoyed it. I know he is doing kind of the covers and his wife is the one um, – doing the the writing at that point so i've enjoyed it 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 is different i i've only read some of the middle i made like the first couple of them so at that point i'm saying okay i'm gonna wait till it's collected to kind of get the full run yeah it's definitely gonna read better collected uh but and he worked on the story with his wife but she did all scripting and met i apologize matteo scalera he did the art and his art the art is fantastic because it's so fitting that you could question did sean murphy draw this but it's just different enough that it's like the coloring style and some of the imagery it's like yeah that looks really good too Mm -hmm. yeah go ahead yeah i mean it's it it, it's they don't want to lose the readers by having a too much of a jarring switch Mm -hmm. because that's what you can do you can say oh i just didn't you know, he's got this whole, he gets his Murphy verse yep. and he gets to build on this even further, which is a, a blessing. And it's a curse sometimes. That's why he, he, you know, <laughs> I see what uh, you did exactly. There. So what it is. This is, that's why he took a step away to do plot holes because he said, he said, I love the opportunity DC's given me. I'm kind of burned out a little bit. I need a break. I need a palate cleanser before I go diving back into, you know, Batman, mm-hmm curse of the beat curse of batman beyond you know whatever he's going to call it because we, he knows that's coming and he gets to build all these little sub universes sub stories of everything like that but it's a lot to undertake and it's a lot of responsibility i mean look what tom taylor you For know sure. what he's done with not only injustice but deceased and things like that i mean i'm glad we were finally getting him doing some mainline dc work i i'm still craving give that man a proper superman mainline <laughs> book give him what he has dreamed to do but I'll take him on Nightwing. I will totally take him on Nightwing right now. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, the spinoff series. I think to just cap. This is such a. I think it's such a great start for the spinoff, and it is a different style. But the characters do not. The characters in the story do not contradict to what's already been established. So it's just a continuation, and I'm I'm really glad that that's the case. And also, since his next book, which in an interview last year he said should be released summer of 2021. It's Batman beyond the white Knight, Yeah. Uh, which at that point, which of course this was last year, this was may of 2020. Uh, a lot has happened. Um, we were in the middle of pandemic. So <laughs> we were it's, and things have changed in, but that's cool in the sense of Bruce, the idea that he'd expresses Bruce is supposed to be out of jail and where he once was the man who had the technology that was way ahead of everybody. Everybody else ha- is caught up and beyond him now. <laughs> I wasn't even trying. <laughs> and then somebody, a Terry McGinnis, uh, somehow ends up, you know, getting the Batman stuff. So it's, it's be- Batman beyond for sure in concept, but it's going to have some Sean Murphy spin. So I'm very excited what's coming there but let's get back to the history of curse of the white knight i think for me this is why this prevents the story from jumping ahead of white knight because i've always had to scratch my head to to link it um Mm. and maybe that means i read it two more times and then reading it it's gonna be like oh it's finally gonna snap and connect and then maybe that'll make it better for me but the story of edward or edmund wayne and Bakar. Edmund Wayne is not Edmund Wayne, but he is Edmund Wayne. Bakar is not Bakar, but he is Bakar. And <laughs> relating that to the connections of how that makes Bruce Wayne not Bruce Wayne and makes Azrael a Wayne, like that's where yeah, I just it's... get a little muddy. 
yeah, when that revelation happens, I'll admit the first time I read it, I had to go back and reread the history again to kind of make the connection. Because when Joker reveals it, Napier reveals it, it was just like, oh my, I think I see it and I don't. In the sense of very, very simply, when we saw, you know, the killing of Arkham at that point, when we saw Wayne kill Arkham, Mm -hmm. that's all we saw. And when they found the body, it's like, oh, okay, it was you know, another body down here, it's about cars, things like that. But then we see what really happened, the continuation of it. We're like, oh, Bally wanted the land, so he killed, quote-unquote, Wayne. Mm-hmm. Threw him down, took the signet, and claimed himself as Wayne. Mm-hmm. And that's where, so our, quote-unquote, Bruce Wayne is a descendant of Bacar, while the true Wayne Edmund fathered a kid with all his his uh you know being a, a man whore and uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> doing enjoying the ladies as he as he said fathered it the the true Wayne which was destinedly the descendant of Jean Paul Valley um and, and so it's like that switch uh, Wayne is really not Wayne like you said and Valley is really the Wayne the true blood Wayne so you could say that uh, Thomas Wayne. His great, 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 great grandfather is Bakar. Yes. But um, to him, that man's name is Edmund Wayne. Mm-hmm. And this is this revelation. See, it's still like. It's, it, it is. It, and, it's at, and that's like you said, that, that kind of confusing part. Yeah. I can understand why that doesn't edge out White Knight because it's not a easy thing to follow. And I think even Sean Murphy would admit like, yes, this is a big twist that you kind of have to think through a little bit to kind of see it. And, and even still when Bruce is trying to wrestle with this and saying, don't, you know, you can't blame your father because you don't know the extent of what he knew and how he knew, mm-hmm. you know, if he knew how, how far this went back, but it doesn't dis- it doesn't change the good he did. It doesn't yeah. change the good people him and his mother were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so there are, so there's a hesitancy there in the connecting because immediately of the, the switch of like, no, actually the one in the well was Edmund Wayne. It's like, oh, well, that's trippy. And then it's the connecting part that gets me a little like, hmm. And then I think there's just kind of the flat out, well, I don't like that. Because, yeah, that, and, that, and, that's, and that's okay too. And there's, no, and there's no fault on Sean Murphy at all because and that's not you know that's not saying that's just a personal preference i think i've said on here many times before i don't like it when the thomas and martha wayne are shady or thomas is shady or anything because to me just the most effective version of batman is that his parents who were actually heroes like they're taken out taken out by the common criminal that's just the most effective in the drive for bruce wayne and batman and so i don't like their history being uh having an asterisk by it or, you know, there's corruption somewhere involved and this kind of uh, muddies that reputation a little bit, mm-hmm. but Murphy but, didn't but, mi- miss anything in the connecting in the story. You know, it's like, no, every, everything makes sense and connects once I think about it of the, the lineage and such. And it doesn't change the fact of all the good that Thomas Wayne himself did or anything like that. Yeah, it just it says like just because you're descended from criminals doesn't mean you have to be a criminal. Exactly. You know, and, and that's the and that's part of the argument. And again, it's it's a different way that yeah, we don't like thinking in that way of what this changes everything, but it doesn't change, you know, what quote unquote Bruce Wayne, yeah, okay, he's not a blood Wayne, but that's not his fault. Mm-hmm. He didn't do that, nor did Thomas and Martha Wayne. You know, that's, that's way, way descended. So depending on where that change happened with fake Wayne lineage, you know, that's, that's interesting. And, and the fact that I, I love our little, it was when he finally said who his name was, like, I knew it when you came into the picture, you, no one has that distinctive red hair with the white streak in it. And you don't know, if you don't know comics, you know, that's Jason blood. <laughs> yeah. So when he said, what's your name, Jason blood, it wasn't a huge revelation for me. Cause I know that character so well. I said, if that's not Jason blood, I'm sorry. It's, <laughs> to me, You're it trolling was, me. It was just like, hurry up and just say the damn name. So I know I don't have to doubt it anymore. Cause I feel like this is too obvious. <laughs> yep. And thank God, at least we got a little uh, reflection of Etrigan because that would have been that. That was such a good way to kind of give us an image because 
I, if I'm seeing Jace, but I better see Matt. I better see Etrigan. Exactly. Come on, come <laughs> on. I don't need a full-on scene, just something. And so we finally got him. Like, okay, I'm glad that I was right all but, along on this part. <laughs> but it was a cool way to bring in Jason Blood. It wasn't yep. forced. It made sense for who the character is. I said that is a cool way to. It's not just an Easter egg. It's not just a cameo. It's just it fits with what be, having him be part of the order. Yeah, because I mean, admittedly, I am not the biggest Etrigan fan either. But that doesn't mean that I still wasn't, oh, this is cool. I like this. Yeah. Well done, Sean Murphy. So basically, he just needs to write books with characters I don't really care for. <laughs> yeah. And he'll win me over on all of them. You'll say, I'll give him a chance if he's writing it. Exactly. I liked Azrael. I liked that he had Etrigan. I felt really bad for Baby Doll. Like, he's just, he's crushing it in <laughs> Curse of the White Knight for me. And who thought you could actually say, I'm on, I'm on Jack's side occasionally? I know. Ugh. Murphy, he's got, he's got some witchcraft or something in him. Let's talk about Jack. Let's talk about the Joker here because though he is not the centerpiece of this story, he's still used. It's it's almost like he's he's used in maybe the most effective Joker fashion. And no, 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 he's not front and center, but he's still playing his he's playing his own game as a supporting character. Yeah, he he established. Whether as Jack, whether as Joker, he's doing the he's playing the long game. He mm-hmm. is playing che- he's playing chess while everyone else is trying to think he's think he's checkers because he's crazy. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things that even I related to Scott Snyder's version of, uh, of Joker. That's another example of Joker always playing. I think that's the thing you have to get about Joker. You can play him as a as a psychotic, you know, sociopathic murderer. Uh-huh. But to get Joker, Joker's always playing the long game. Yep. That is the best portrayal of a Joker. But if you just make him a, a, a psychotic maniac, you're kind of mi- – that's my favorite portrayal of Joker. But uh, there are those versions where he's just a psychotic killer. It's like a, that's one note. That's not who Joker is. That, you're missing the point of the Joker. He loves the madness. He loves the chaos. Yeah. And, 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 and it makes it seem like when he's causing that, making people think like – I mean, you see it in the movie Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. He can't get through – he can't beat him because he's already like 12 moves ahead and, and challenging him because he likes seeing other people – making other people go crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. So it's well done here in – because that – where we left off in White Knight with Jack Napier slash Joker, more so Joker. Because um, stop taking the pills. Yep, there's very little – if – any to us of Jack Napier left. Uh, but it was like when an announcement was made and then we saw Azrael, there still was a little, what are you going to do with Joker? How will we get Joker? You know, because it just kind of feel like there's something he's, even if it's just a cameo somehow or whatever. So at the beginning, how we got that and Joker, classic Joker stabbing the, uh, um, what's his name? I'm pauses. I'm blanking the, the head of, Arkham stabs yeah. him with the pen in the neck. Um, but I mean, he still, he needed to go down. He sets up this, he just this is the first domino that falls and how he needs to get back to that, to that old well, which was, I think he said was Joker's old cell mm-hmm. where he became the Joker. And that's, it's like, that's where he saw the original message of I am Edmund Wayne, uh, mm-hmm. but it was not readable to anybody else that's where he he'd originally found the journal of edmund wayne and so he knew the secret and he found it hilarious because of course it's hilarious it's going to disrupt <laughs> everything and so it's the funniest damn joke to him and but then it's like he's used so well and he has that and then he he turns john paul valley into Azrael by corrupting like corrupting him at the end of the first issue then he messes up Gordon's life by broadcasting that Barbara Gordon is Batgirl. And then he's still like kind of picking at Harley Quinn, who is pregnant with his twin babies. A, a little <laughs> nugget that they had in the Arkham City game that they never did anything with that was brought back here of like, oh, what would it be like if Harley had Joker's babies? And they double down <laughs> on it and she has twins. And it's like, oh man, this is, Sean Murphy, you SOB. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, it, it, it brings it. And again, it, it, it shows, I like how the relationship between Harley and Bruce and Batman, yes. I, I like it that Bruce trusts her in the sense because he sees that Harley 
I mean, we saw it in White Knight. She's not the the quote unquote psych psychotic like 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 faux Harley. You know, the other faux Harley. Like she's mm-hmm. psychotic. Yep. You know, there were like she's overcome her 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 quote unquote crazy and wants to like kind of build something, but she she knows what to get through to him, and they both end up trusting each other and become very close allies. And someone once told me, it's like, oh, you think they would ever, you know, like become a couple? I said, I don't know if Bruce can reconcile. I think he can see someone of a kinship of some people who have been abandoned, brutalized, and, but I don't ever, I can't see him being the one to settle down with Harley. No, and I, I actually don't want that because I really Mm -hmm. like, them becoming closer friends and in the harley quinn spinoff series like they they touch on that too and i know that there's a little bit of like a ooh will they won't they sort of deal but they don't focus on that and it does just seem as if they are they're just kind of close friends bonded through basically bonded through jack napier and joker and it's just, I, I like what they're doing these days with the Harley Quinn character because my favorite iteration is what we got when she was introduced of the animated series. I just think, but like all aspects of that, the storytelling, uh, the actress voicing her, her look and everything was just so fun. It's like, man, Harley Quinn is awesome. But I love now what they're doing of she's like assisting. She's using her, her degree and her expertise and assisting with like criminals and case mm-hmm. files and such like that. I really... I really like that. And I think that's a very strong interpretation. And then here Batman needs her to, to help him. And he has her suit up in her old suit. It's like, Oh my gosh, that's awesome. But, <laughs> but then it, they, they go to old Arkham where Batman faces off against Azrael. And then she ends up confronting Joker. And man, that's, that's another big swing of she's the one who shoots. So this isn't the blow up Wayne Manor massive moment, but it is, her up against Joker and she shoots and kills him. And Mm -hmm. the next page is she's on one side holding his hand. Batman's on the other side holding his other hand. And like, as he dies, it's like, so you went from this big, you know, action slash, you know, violent moment down to this small moment. And it's like, God, and both are so freaking effective. Yeah. (laughs) So it's, it's so good. I, man, I, and she say, oh, man, it's good, cool. I've always said I try to find new words, but all that comes to me is like, oh, it's good. Oh, it's awesome. Oh, it's really cool. But I, I don't know. Well done, Sean Murphy, on that front, too. And it closes that book on the Joker, or so we thought, because in the spinoff series, we get some flashbacks. But for the most part, we close the book on this Jack Napier, Joker, White Knight story. And it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it is. And, you know, we he's he's done his joker's done the damage he's needed to do Mm -hmm. he's destroyed the quote-unquote destroyed in his mind the wayne legacy and and made you know in in turn destroyed batman Mm -hmm. just but in turn jack wins because right now at the end of this whole thing like after the fight after you know the huge amazing fight between batman and Azrael, you know bruce true to his word gives up being batman he all the fortunes is redistributed through like all the charitable organizations doing that. Like the Napier initiative is fully in, in swing and Bruce is still doing good, but he doesn't have to do it as Batman. And he wants to make up for whatever his past family created in this madness. It, it works. He is still doing good. Even if he's behind bars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know how to add on any of that. It's like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, yep. it's an amazing fight sequence, but I love, and I think this is where we're going to be setting up for beyond the, beyond the white night, you know, is Jason Todd. Cause this was the utterance and I can't remember. I don't think there was an utterance of Jason Todd, but when they purposely uttered Jason Todd in just, a, I knew it wasn't a throwaway comment because we had never heard of Jason until this book. I really, I don't think White Knight, we ever got a reference to Jason. We did. We did? Okay. Yeah, the the sequence of the gravestone okay. and uh, what happened to Jason was, um, you know, they thought Joker killed Jason up until right. Joker and Batman are right. in the Batmobile. I, I, 
I'm, I'm, yeah, you're right. I'm seeing that sequence right now in my head. I didn't read it before I reread this, but you're right. That one sticks in my mind. So yeah, I stand corrected. But just again, passively saying Jason again, it was just like, okay, there's got to be a payoff to this. In and this that, book, we don't get. I don't. We don't get. Um, I don't even know if there might we, be like one we, quick mention. We do. From we do. Night. Uh, Dick says it. Yeah. Dick makes a mention to him at that point. It's like that's just too random to not have a payoff. Mm-hmm. Uh. I mean, but just seeing, just seeing at the end, I think that he is going to be our Batman Beyond. Hmm. Okay. That's my, that's, that's my, uh, you know, that's my cool ranch prediction. I think he <laughs> is, I think he is our Batman Beyond. You heard because it here to, first. Because, because just to introduce him here and, you know, so far right now, I have not heard him being a part of the Harley Quinn book, you know, so why would you introduce him like on this note? without some sort of payoff in the next big book. I have read the Harley Quinn spinoff series and I will say nothing else. Okay. Whether so you maybe, are correct maybe or maybe. incorrect. I don't so, know. I do know. know. I will I, not say. Okay. I don't want to so confirm. People are yelling out saying, oh, he hasn't read it. So what does he know? I say, I'm sorry. I'm just, I like, I like doing what I do. <laughs> <laughs> nope. That's, that's perfectly a-okay. Um, I'm trying to think if there's something I haven't, I mean, cause I don't need to go into depth on – we don't need to go into any more depth. I, oh, the, the big swing of Bruce just interrupting a broadcast and just admitting to all of yep. Gotham, he's Batman. Like, that's – okay. It was a great speech. It was an absolutely <laughs> – it, gr- it was an absolutely great speech. It, it did it, and I love the idea that when we get to the, the, you know, the cars at that point, he, he says, there's only one left. It's like, this has always been my absolute favorite – yeah. And are you nuts? Let's get nuts. I said, oh, <laughs> it's so on the nose, but you have to do it. I almost can't read it any other way than Lego Batman doing it now. Yep. Either of, Let's get nuts. <laughs> but, but then who would have thought like the Batman 89 thing could turn into a boat? I know. That's, I mean, that's <laughs> awesome too. That's got to take influence of the Bat Pod out of the Tumblr there yep. of like mm-hmm. multifunctioned. Um, there's when he gets or the, the or, or the like changes the whole thing. Okay, we're not going to do the missile. But we're going to change it to a boat. Yeah. Ah, well done again, Sean Murphy. You gearhead. You. Uh, with the Batmobile scene, I do love that. You know, it, Bruce's uh, plea with Gotham City of, "Can you please just get off the streets? Let me catch him, and then I will go. I will turn myself in." Uh, and there's just something. I mean, now it's kind of like eerie, but when you get that page, it has the panels showing Gotham's empty, and then he's basically in that Gotham City Times Square, mm-hmm. and it's just the Batmobile and him, and then it's an empty street. Something about that's like chilling, but still kind of cool, but it's also chilling because I was in Chicago last year when everything was on lockdown, and it was extremely eerie to see Chicago bare. You know, like there's something that's really eerie about that. But I think here there's like the imagery of it is just like with what's at stake and what he's like trying to accomplish. And on the monitor is, you know, the, the GTO on the screen of, I don't know. That's just like a really effective page. That's not my favorite panel or anything. I'm just saying, I just think it's effective in his capture or his uh, tracking down Azrael. Um, And it's got the 89 Batmobile, which I've been very nostalgic for that movie the past like six months. I cannot get enough of Batman 89. And, and guess what? You're getting a comic. Getting a <laughs> I just finished putting together the 89 Batwing Lego piece. And, oh my God. I, 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 I've seen you putting that together. It, it's, it's impressive. Every Lego Batwing comes with its own Lawrence action figure. Oh my gosh. It's fantastic. Anyways, it's not here or not there. Uh, let's quickly touch upon the Von Freeze one-off mm-hmm. that was released again when you read this it was part of the book when i read this it came out i believe after hold on let's see november after after issue five which i'm trying to remember what happened and and i don't know if this was in like when it came out as as a one shot at that point it it might as well be but there's a little precursor to this of how this kind of came about and he does write a PSC. I originally intended this story to be part of Batman White Knight, but it ran out of space. So I think this one shot is a deleted scene that falls between issues six and seven of Batman Curse of the White Knight. Something secret about Mr. Freeze. And for me, I, I definitely find this is 
better placement in White Knight than Curse of the White Knight. Correct. Yes. I, I, it, well, there's more of a, a story with Mr. Freeze there. Mr. Freeze really isn't a part of this. Exactly. But still, as a, as a one-off story, I thought that it was good. Uh, I liked the art. I liked the, it, I learned the Ben Day process of coloring comics because of mm-hmm. this issue and how for anybody who doesn't know, it's not like I'm some kind of smarty pants. It was just me trying to look up like the old way that they would color things. And one way they do it is dots coloring by dots. You look at old comics, you'll see the coloring was done by dots and mm-hmm. they utilize that a lot for this issue, which I thought was very unique and really well done. It was, it was cool. And then of course, also it's a very touching and sad story because you're looking at Nazi Germany and the treatment of yep. uh, Jewish citizens, which is always like tough material. Um, and, and I think freeze has always been one of my favorite tragic villains mm-hmm. and from scott cider to sean murphy to bruce tim and paul dini doing it in the animated series freeze has been one of my favorite favorite villain slash antagonists because he's such even even in the harley quinn animated show <laughs> it's so freaking sad that you can't help put part of you Say, my God, if something had just gone right in one way, you wouldn't be this way. Yeah. And that's why he's he's very uh, Shakespearean, his story, I think, of yes. it's just, just tragedy. But I say this positively, that limits, I think, in the stories you can tell with him, because when the further you stray from Nora, the further... Yes. Uh, I don't know, the further kind of jump in the shark it is for me. Uh, yeah. Because he's just so, he's one track mind of the love of his life. He needs to find a way to Nora. save her. And he, yeah, and he does not care to hell with everyone else. This is his mission. And that's totally relatable. That's very effective. So then if you start to get him of like, I want to turn the whole city cold and start stealing money from banks. Oh yeah, Nora's frozen. But I'm going to make sure that I freeze <laughs> this. Like then it starts to get a little... Yeah, so I think him being basically kind of like an ally and kind of being a good guy in the Murphy verse is very effective. It never bothered me. Yeah, that we didn't get bad guy, Mister Freeze. And this one really brings it out of why he hasn't never made that turn, mm-hmm. and why it would feel very uncharacteristic for him to make that turn. When you read the one shot of Von Freeze, did you go back and forth on how you felt about his father? No. Did you see? Oh, I take it back. I take it back. I thought I saw it wasn't until the end where I had a slight change. Okay. Because I don't think I didn't buy some of his father's excuses. Gotcha. I I, I understood them, but I say that mm, I don't buy them to an extent. I'm an optimist at heart. I always give everybody the, I, I always try to give away. I watched cops always thinking no 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 these people are innocent okay this is just a bet and then it's like no they've got a uh, heroin in the trunk up oh, look at they've got co- they've got coke in their pocket you know it's like damn it yet again i always got duped and here i just kind of thought it made sense these seeds of doubt that no he's really trying to save you jacob because of this because of this and it, it's you i could think you could read this totally seeing him, him as a villain as a baron I, I, freeze as a villain from the get-go and you can mm-hmm. see it the supporting evidence throughout the whole issue. You could also take it as he's trying to help out his friend and there's evidence there too. No, there, there is. I wouldn't call him an outright absolute like Hitler, like villain in that sense, but mm-hmm. I don't also equate, I don't put him on like an Oscar Schindler either. No. Yeah. I, I think he's a lot more, he's a lot worse than Oscar Schindler, but he's not, he does not go to the far extreme of being Adolf Hitler. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. I agree. Uh, I think, I mean, I've kind of touched on everything. So before we start to hit to hit the favorite parts, do you have another any parts of the story you still that we haven't touched on yet? Or no, I think I think we hit all the majors. Like I said, if you if we we don't want to totally read the whole book because there's definitely a lot of no. fun parts about it, and just the art alone is is worth the price of admission. But yeah, I mean, I think we we hit a lot of the major ones I I uh, wanted to talk about because we are pros. Yes. For podcast pros now. <laughs> uh, let's go with it first. Uh, do you have a favorite part of, and rather than do you have, what is your favorite part of Batman Curse of the White Knight? I, the ending fight sequence is one of them. Mm-hmm. And the, the 
Bruce's speech. The speech um, to Gotham? Yeah, to Gotham at that point. I think that that captures the best best of Bruce Wayne and, and showing him that how much he's grown in just this in just both books. It, yeah. It's taken him a lot to get to that point because if you if you tried to do that in White Knight, it wouldn't have fit. He hadn't grown enough. And it's not until he shows Gordon who he really is that it just wouldn't track until that point. And so this has been a long journey for him to do what he did. Nice. Um, yeah, I don't disagree. Yeah. That's, that's, that's touching. For me, is the opening to issue number four of the Bruce and – or not Bruce, I'm sorry, Barbara and Jim Gordon back and forth, the flashback yeah, of yep. when she was a kid – um and him right, at, right after he is killed oh my gosh and it's intercutting with uh gordon in the hospital yep. and we see little little babs who is drawn adorably by sean murphy as, <laughs> and then cut to her in the hospital and crying and reaching out for him and back and forth like all of that is so freaking touching um on multiple levels mm-hmm. and basically it ends with her running out of the hospital and Batman even kind of being like, Oh, Oh no. And then he takes off. And then that panel of him just grabbing Gordon with all those wires, just like, I don't know. I got mm-hmm. goosebumps now. I'm not even kidding. I'm just like, Oh man, that's, it's so good. It's so sad, <laughs> but man, what a gut punch. And it's, yeah. it's so it's the most effective piece in the entire book is that, that part right there to me. And I think I read it and read it this time. Not, you know, I, I remember that it happened, but I read it this time and I was like, this is my favorite part. Yep. When, when, I, when there is no doubt when I'm reading something for the podcast and it just jumps out like that, it's like, yep, that's it. And the yeah. rest of the way I'm like, challenge me, Sean Murphy, the rest of the way, a part that's going to trump this and nothing. That's my favorite part. <laughs> so what's your favorite panel, Mr. Baga? I am going to go with, one splash page okay because i like the homage to it it's very clearly uh, it is as bats just doing a back back uh back flip you know a bunga city just like falling backwards to the city because there is a direct that is directly taken from the nightfall saga there yes. is an exact there is an exact put them side by side but man it's just like i love this version of the as bat suit i think that's Batman 500. Yeah, I it think. might very well be. And yeah, that that is an awesome, that is an awesome page, and it was almost mine. But, and it, look at this, Sean Murphy, well done. Two people who don't really care for Azrael, and both their favorite panels are Azrael. <laughs> Azrael. Mine is his splash page of him. I'm Batman in the bat suit right after he just murdered the Rogues Gallery in Arkham. And yep. his sword is on fire. I just think like that's terrifying image. And mm-hmm. if you had no idea about any of this and you saw that, you'd be like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> so uh yeah, that's my favorite panel. That's that's good. Nice. Say, look at that. We both took Azrael. We did. I need to go, I need to go to Target and get that damn figure right now. Uh would you like to see this adapted in animation somehow? Yes, I would say I don't think. Not saying it can't. I just I pr- I would prefer this in animation. Yeah. Uh, I I out of live action animation, I choose animation for this, and I want them to keep the animation style mm-hmm. of Sean Murphy. Would you want this as its own? They release a an animated film called White Knight, and then they this is its own sequel, or yes. try and put all of White Knight stuff into one long. You, epic? You- you could you could do it a couple of ways. You could do it as an You could do it as chapters. You can do it as a longer like mini series at that point. And I would mm-hmm. like to see them expand on it. Like get Murphy to say, okay, you only had a certain amount of issues to do this. What would you, what was missing? What were your? I know Von Freeze is a quote unquote he views as a deleted. What are some other deleted scenes we can add to this lore? Yeah, if we were to take out this because we're running, you know, it's a little bit long. We don't need this part. What would you add in? I'd be down for, I just, I fully think if there's any chance of getting this, it would be in an animated form. And I don't even care how they would do it. I think uh, Sean Murphy had said in, I think in maybe interviews from other podcasts or, or something, I think he negotiated very well 
I think that was always his advice for anybody in comics of negotiate your contract very well. And that he's kind of got sole control or not sole control. He has a huge uh, part in the Murphy verse in these stories. So by them adapting any part of it, I just feel like he gets to be included and therefore he's won me over to, I'll follow him doing whatever. So just make sure that he's attached and that he's involved with the story. And then, yeah, I'm there as soon as it's available. I'd watch anything. Yeah, I agree. Totally. Like just again, more, more Sean Murphy with Batman. Yep. I'll take it. Uh, do you have any final words on Batman curse of the white Knight? No, I'm, I'm excited to read, you know, Harley collected at that mm-hmm. point, the follow-up and, and the more, you know, the, obviously the, the quote, quote unquote trilogy collected when uh, we get beyond the white Knight, And I like that, you know, sometimes Marvel's guilty of it. DC's guilty of it. They lean too hard. You know, they, they kind of go really over the edge. If something's really successful, we're going to run it into the darn ground. Mm-hmm. Even though Sean's been given the keys to doing what he wants, I think they've done a very good job. And I think it may be in part to him and, and that he doesn't want to burn out totally of this. And he's already admitted he's kind of burned out a bit. But the way they've spaced this stuff out, I think it'll keep these characters popular. It'll keep his universe popular. And, you know, you take a little, a couple of months break, maybe four or five months, and then maybe start putting out either a next spinoff or he might be ready to do and release, you know, issues of Beyond the White Knight. And I think that's the way you kind of keep, keep interest going. I agree uh, with you completely on that on that front because as i get older i try to not be cynical but also as we see more of how the sausage is made i think it can get us a little more cynical to where if something's really good it's kind of like oh come on don't do a sequel just let it stand on its own and we don't want this story extended because it's just good as is and leave it with that being said i'm very much like i can't wait till the next chapter of the murphy verse mm-hmm. i'm very excited for it i i really liked the harley spinoff and i was excited for when that first first was released i'm really glad that he took the the time off between curse and the batman beyond version that's coming we don't even know when that's coming it's spaced out enough and i'm really glad that his words even are i don't want to be get burnout i'm starting to feel i need that break it makes total sense. And yeah. the fans will be there when you're ready to release the next chapter because it's yeah. just showing people love it. People adore and, the Murphy verse. And what, if he takes it into the future, he's now expanded the amount of spinoffs he could yeah. do from it. Cause you can go continue in the past mm-hmm. or move into the future with characters that are introduced there. And I think that really leaves it open to spacing it out even more is saying, okay, we'll do, we'll do the Harley thing. Then maybe if we're ready for, beyond we do beyond and then we maybe do a whole year of a spinoff from the past a spinoff from the future and if he wants to build on this he may be done with it he may just be bunches of spinoffs so be it just space them off okay space them off that way we appreciate when we do get this because that's what i want to do i want to appreciate the the opportunity to read and continue on in the in in murphy's batman yep perfectly stated Perfectly stated. Well, Mr. Balga, I can't thank you enough for coming back to the show and picking such a wonderful story for us to, to talk about. So thank you for returning. I'm, I'm glad you're here, and I hope that you will accept an invite to come back in the future. Because I know you are a busy man now. You're doing <laughs> a lot. So why don't you go ahead and plug all the many uh, cool things that you're up to these days? Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Chris Balga. Um, um, my shows are a part of the Geek Ultimate Alliance network. Uh, you just search Geek Ultimate Alliance in any of your podcatchers of choice. Uh, my two main shows on the network are World's Finest True Believers. Uh, we uh, guest comes on and picks a comic book arc or graphic novel from any publisher, and we do deep dive into it. And you yourself, uh, Ryan, have uh, done your own hat trick on it. So we're <laughs> definitely going to be. Uh, you know, bringing you on for a fourth at that point. But yeah, the, the, that, that drops on Mondays. And then I'll follow up with my weekly show with uh, my co-host, um, well, soon to be, soon to be ex-co-host, uh, Travis Snell, my current co-host of Marvel Alliance, <laughs> where we de- delve, into, delve into everything going on in the MCU and comics and TV. Uh, but he is now stepping aside. He's gotten a new job. He's, he's gotten promoted at work, so he's having to step aside. But we will be in, we will, we are on the search for 
the new co-host. Our plan is to, whenever we find said co-host, uh, the goal is to have that announced on the his last episode uh, of March 23rd. So be on lookout. Um, we're still searching, but that is our goal to find our, our new co-host with me uh, continuing on on March yes. 23rd. Life gets in the way, but Travis did say that he has not like gone forever. He'll still be trying to pop yes. in. So that's good. Especially when Moon Knight comes out, he will definitely be back to being (laughs) a big presence on the show. He will be there. Yes, for sure. So uh, thank you, Chris. And everybody follow Chris because uh, he is a, a, what do I call it? A nerd machine. And I mean that in the highest regard. That's a total compliment. So please take it that way. As for me, you can follow the Batman Book Club on Twitter and Instagram at the Batman BC for latest episodes, upcoming episodes, and even sometimes some giveaways. You can also follow me on Twitter at Lauer underscore Ryan. Lauer, spelled like lower. Uh, go to batmanonfilm.com and uh, find me. There's a whole bunch of written reviews of uh, up, you know, up-to-date comics and such, as well as some really random reviews and interviews with like Lieber Mayo. What? Uh, you can write into the Batman Book Club at thebatmanbc at gmail.com for questions or comments. The Batman Book Club is now has a storefront on Tee Public. There's a bunch of merchandise with Batman Book Club logos and such. If you if you want to check that out, that link to that is in the Twitter bio. And lastly, if you would ever be so kind, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. The link to that description is in the descriptor. The link to that review page <laughs> is in the description. I screw that up every time. The description of this episode. Please rate and review. The more reviews we get, the more it helps spread the word. And as we all know, the word is panic so for chris i am ryan and until next time read more batman comics always always